Hi, this is Christian Kuhn of Urban Village Church in Chicago. Welcome back to the podcast. It is good to be back with you again as we start into a new sermon series here at Urban Village, and I'll talk about that in just a little bit. But before we do that, let's read the two passages. We're going to read two passages today from the book of John and then also the book of Romans. So this first passage is John 3, verses 14 through 21. Hear these words. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world and people loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. And now from the text from Romans. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith. As it is written, the one who is righteous will live by faith. So several years ago, my uncle gave me quite a gift. Uh, It was a baseball, and I was a big baseball fan growing up, Uh, but not just any baseball. It had a certain signature on it, and it was the uh, Hall of Fame outfielder who died tragically, Roberto Clemente, one of the best outfielders in the history of the game. And I can't remember the story of how my uncle got this ball, but he gave it to me. Now... The signature wasn't the clearest signature in the world, but you could definitely make out, at least in my own preteen mind, you could definitely make out certain parts of his name. And I treasured this ball. I mean, it was Roberto Clemente. This is an amazing artifact to have if you're a collector of anything baseball like I, like I was. So I had it in my room, and I didn't necessarily keep it under lock and key. I didn't put it in one of those little baseball holders I just had it out. It would show my friends when they came over. And to be honest, sometimes they would not quite make out the signature, but I would insist that you can see Roberto Clemente's name. One day, as I was uh, looking around in my room, uh, I noticed that the ball had been missing, uh, and I wasn't quite sure why that was. And so I looked around all around my room, underneath my desk and behind certain things, my dresser, and couldn't find it. So looking around the house for it and still couldn't find it until I asked, uh, or actually I went down to our basement. Now, our, we did not have a furnished basement, uh, but and I would sometimes go down there and throw a tennis ball against the wall, but that's also where we would keep our sports equipment, basketballs and other things too. And I noticed as I went down there and I saw to my horror on the basement floor was the ball, the Roberto Clemente ball. But also, uh, every once in a while, our uh, basement would get a little damp, and I noticed that the ball had gotten wet. And so now, the autograph was gone completely. You couldn't see it at all. My brother, 
my five, my younger brother, five years younger than me, and my brother had taken it uh, and started playing with it down in the basement too. He was probably only six or seven, so didn't really know what it was that he was playing with, but I was just heartsick because of what had happened. I mean, here, in my mind, was the most this most valuable thing in the world, this autographed baseball. For my brother, no big deal, it's just a baseball. I'm going to go and play with it. And I thought about that story as I thought about this sermon series and things that we take for granted and things that we treasure, particularly in our own faith. So this sermon series uh, is called Shareable, where we are talking about what does it mean to share our faith? What does it mean to be uh, evangelists? You know, today we share rides, we share social media posts, we share even Netflix login passwords, and all sorts of things that weren't even in our minds a few years ago. But when it comes to sharing our faith, we still maybe cringe a little bit at that. The word evangelism is loaded for so many, and a lot of people choose to distance themselves from the term and practice altogether. But in this sermon series called Cherubal, we're trying to get folks to think about what is healthy, effective evangelism and how it plays into our life as Christ followers. What does it mean to share our faith? Now, we've had people talk about how it would be great to have some how-to steps, like how to share your faith, like they don't really know how to do it. And we'll get to that later in the sermon series. But what we wanted to do um, today is to explore and really reflect on what is it that we're actually sharing? And is it valuable to us? Before we talk about the how we do things, we want to talk about what it is that we are sharing. We, have, we want to know the what and also the why of why we're doing what we're doing of what this valuable thing is that we want to share. So one popular and common word that we throw around when we talk about sharing our faith, maybe we also talk about sharing the gospel. And in Greek, you can impress your friends and neighbors. It's iangulion, which means good news, the gospel. So a theological dictionary I have defines the gospel as this, the central message of the Christian church to the world, centered on God's provision of salvation for the world in Jesus Christ. So that's the dictionary version, and it may or may not uh, make any difference to you. It may seem a little dry, but I was also reading this week about a a project that one of the magazines that I subscribe to called The Christian Century. So a few years ago, they asked uh, notable writers and scholars to take the gospel and narrow it down to just seven words. Seven words. How would you define the gospel in seven words? So for those who may feel a little lost when it comes to the dictionary version of what the gospel means, I want to read a few of my favorites of these, uh, again, writers and scholars, uh, religious professionals, and how they define the gospel in seven words. So here are a few of them. The first one is this, once dead, now alive, Christ reshaping people. Second one, divinely persistent, God really loves us. Third one, in Christ, God's yes defeats our no. The next one, God, through Jesus Christ, welcomes you anyhow. God refuses to be God without us. 
God is love, colon, this is no joke. And then, this one goes eight words, we're all bastards, but God loves us anyway. So you can see people taking this assignment and trying to narrow down how would you define this good news in just seven words. And perhaps one might also say that John 3.16 encapsulates it too. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. The gospel, you may have noticed through a lot of these definitions, is about love, unexpected love, grace. This is the power of the gospel that Paul talks about in Romans when he says that I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation. And by salvation, we mean this process, this project of uh, God bringing humans together with humans, but more importantly, God bringing humans back to God. This is the big salvation project. And this is what Paul was so convicted of. So a word about Paul. He was perhaps the most uh, well-known and powerful evangelist, uh, one bringing this good news to his part of the world. Paul was a persecutor of early Christians, but as we read in the book of Acts, he had a totally... um, He had a total transformation of the risen Christ, or experience of the risen Christ. And from that moment, he felt compelled to share this good news with anybody and everybody that he would come across. Because, as he noted, he was not ashamed of it, and he knew the power of it. Paul knew something had happened, that God had come into the world in a particular way through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Something had happened. Paul also believed that something would happen, would happen, that God through Christ would come again, just as God had come once before. But in between those two times, the power of the gospel still made a difference. I was reading uh, this week a book by the author uh, and scholar N.T. Wright about the gospel, and he wrote this. He said that, that this was the good news according to the Bible and according to Paul, that something had happened, something would happen, and in between something powerful and mysterious was happening in the lives of all those who found themselves caught up in it. As Wright continues to say that something, when people heard the news of the gospel, it refreshed them, it energized them, it sometimes healed them. And he writes, they find welling up inside a sense of astonishment of being loved. It's like what would happen to someone who had been profoundly deaf from birth and then straight after a successful operation heard the opening of a Mozart symphony. Paul let this good news totally transform him. He went from not only one who persecuted Christians, but becoming one himself, and then knowing, I have this amazing treasure, this good news that changes lives. Wright also writes in his book that he fears these days that the gospel, instead of good news, news about what God has done, what God will do, and what God does today, 
that this has become good advice instead, that people take the gospel and say, here is uh, a pattern for you to live your life. And the gospel can be that, but as Wright says, and as Paul believed too and wrote, it is so much more than that. It is the power of God, Paul notes, and this changes things. And so for those of us who are Christians, I think it's important for us to reclaim that and to think about and reflect on what is the gospel in your life, and do you believe indeed that it is good news? I'm going to show a clip on Sunday uh, of a comedian whose name is uh, Michael Jr. That's the stage name, and he has performed uh, most years at a leadership, big leadership conference at the Willow Creek Community Church. And he performed a couple years ago, and he talked about the name of his uh, clip is Know Your Why. And I will put a, this clip up on the Podbean page. Uh, he tells this story, or shows this story of sometime when he was um, uh, at a performance, <clears throat> and he was talking with the audience. And there was a man who said that he was a music teacher. And so Michael Jr. asked him to sing something. In fact, he said, sing Amazing Grace. And so the man sang the song, hit all the notes just perfectly. Um, and so everybody in the, in the room can say, this is a very good singer. And so then Michael Jr. encouraged him to, as he described it, I want you to sing as if, and he gives this scenario, as if your uncle uh, just got out of jail and had been shot in the back, and yet something transformative, that he had been freed. And so the man, this man who had sung uh, Amazing Grace so well, now sings a totally different version. When he knows that the song and the words of Amazing Grace actually mean something, also actually have a, a powerful effect on him. And he totally sings it in a different way. The first one was good. The second time is when he knows what this message means. And Michael Jr. is trying to emphasize to know your why. Why is it that you are sharing this good news? Why should I be compelled to share this? That God has done something. That God has not only created the world, God has come to us. And the power of this good news changes lives. And if we believe that, if we truly believe that, then we are compelled to want to share it with others in lots of different ways. But the key is for us to really reflect on the gospel and ask ourselves, do I believe that this is good news? Do I really believe that? And then, even if you're sort of convinced that it's true to think about what can I do to share this with others and how should I go about doing that? One of our uh, site pastors at Urban Village, our Edgewater site pastor, Brittany Isaac, was telling a story about uh, someone in her uh, location named Jerry. Jerry had come to Urban Village for a while and had uh, stopped coming for a time and then she found out that uh, one night uh, he was at Sidetrack, which is a gay bar in Chicago. And once a month, the Sidetrack they have what's called Outspoken. And this is a time many places these days are having um, open mics for story sharing and, and storytelling. So this is what Outspoken is. And so Jerry got up and began to share about his life and all that had happened to him. But also he started talking about Urban Village. 
and started talking about his faith, which was pretty unusual for this to happen at Outspoken. And people, uh, some urban village people were there, and they came up to him and they said, we had no idea that urban village had this impact on your life. And then others who weren't a part of urban village came up to Jerry and said, tell us about this church uh, that you are a part of that welcomes people and loves people regardless of, of where they're coming from or because maybe even of where they're coming from. And so Jerry shared all of this. But the interesting thing is, not long after this, Jerry finally went through our starting point. That's our six-week intro uh, class and group for people who are new to Urban Village. And one of the aspects of that is to take a spiritual gifts assessment. And so you answer all these questions, and it shows you what are the things that ring true for who you are and what your life is. And it showed on this survey that Jerry scored very low in the spiritual gift of evangelism. And he said to Brittany, this is, I I do not see myself as an evangelist. And the test kind of proves this out. And Brittany had to remind him or tell him, actually, you are. Because of what you did, getting up on that stage and just sharing your story. Because even though he may not have been able to define what the gospel was that night, or to really clarify or to give the right theological definition of what gospel was, he knew that something about it was powerful. He knew that something about it had done something to him. And he was willing to get up and stand in front of, at a bar and just share, this is what happened and is happening in my life. Is the gospel good news? If we believe that there is a God who loves us anyhow, if we believe that there is a God whose yes defeats our no, if we believe that God through Jesus Christ welcomes us anyhow, if we believe that God refuses to be God without us, if we believe that God is love and that is no joke, if we believe that we're all bastards but God loves us anyway, If you believe that this is true, and if we really sit with that, then we will treasure it. Like something that you have, that you hold dear in your own life, in your home, some sort of material good, or maybe it's a letter or a memory, these things that we hold and treasure because they define who we are, and they mean something to us. And if the gospel means something to us, then we should and are called to share that with others in some way. Because this good news is not something that will wash away. It will be with us always. How can you share it in your own life? Where is God calling you to share it in your own life? believe in this good news and live it out and share it with others. Be thou my vision. Well, friends, thank you for listening uh, to this podcast. Uh, I keep saying it every week, so I think now this will be the second to last podcast that I will be doing. I'll do one more sermon podcast, and then uh, after that, uh, you can listen to my pod- sermon podcast on the Urban Village page, Podbean page, uh, and then starting um, in a couple of weeks will be the uh, Failing Boldly podcast that I'm doing. Uh, and I hope that you'll listen to that too. 
So until next time, friends, uh, may the gospel, the good news, trans- continue to transform your life. And may the peace of Christ be with you too. I ever with thee.